Thanks for joining me today. I'd like to invite you to visit my website, johnburney.org, where you can join my mailing list, access video, audio, and written teachings, sign up for online satsangs and retreats, as well as find the schedule for my public gatherings. It's good to be back with all of you today. I know it's been a couple of weeks and many of us were on retreat together and it was really an extraordinary retreat from all accounts. Um, I just want to welcome you all today. Um, and um, I also want to thank the volunteers very much for your support. Incredible to get your help in offering these um, gatherings. <clears throat> and if anybody's interested in helping, please let us know. We, we always can use more help with the volunteers for these satsangs and retreats. And it ends up being a really wonderful kind of way to connect more uh, closely with me and, and the other volunteer. And it's a really nice, a nice um, way to give back if, that, if you're called to. Um, <clears throat> I just want to mention the next satsang is next week, which is October 2nd, in case you didn't know. And, um, oh, there's a bandage on my nose, in case you didn't notice. Um, I was I was considering painting it red and getting a little orange wig, you know, to look a little, but I, I know some people were very traumatized by clowns when they were children, so I didn't want to upset you with that. So I just left it as a straight Band-Aid. It's, uh, I had a minor, uh, Mohs surgery, which is just to remove a basal cell carcinoma off my nose. And um, I can still breathe and smell normally. And I'm basically recovering well. It's been about 10 days, I think, and it takes a few weeks for this thing to heal. So um, I know it's not the best look, but uh, I'm, I'm learning how to do the, the Band-Aid so it doesn't look horrible. If it starts getting funky, you know, you tell me, but... <laughs> The other thing I want to mention is that um, for those who are at the retreat, um, the last day of the retreat, I received profoundly disturbing news right before I came online with everyone. And what I want to say about that is that I am sadly grieving the loss of my mother-in-law who passed away from COVID. And her poor husband who did survive but barely made it and is back home now being taken care of. He was in hospital for weeks. <clears throat> my spouse and I are profoundly in grief about this and the whole family is very challenged, but we're all pulling together and supporting the situation. So I just thought you'd like to know, because you probably wondered what was going on. And then I just want to thank all of you who, uh, dear friends who know and have been supportive and the help you've given have been incredible. And thank you so much. Um, you know, we really are, a global community. 
That is such the truth. And I've been seeing this more and more and more as we have been finding our way through this pandemic and radical world change in every, in every possible way, that what I see more and more, and even in my own very close circumstances, is how we are really here for each other. And that's one of the great lessons that we are getting, gifts maybe from this tragedy of the pandemic and the extraordinary loss and toll it's taking on all of us. I, many of you know this about me and I think appreciate it that I don't hide my humanity. In fact, I openly share it because I think it's very important for us to understand how to take care of our human existence as we awaken and become more and more embodied in presence, which is really the lifelong uh, process of going from awakening to what's called a realized life or a, or a life that I call uh, fully inspired, um, that it's a lifelong journey. And I know that in my own experience, like now, every time my heart is ripped out of my chest, which it has been, that my heart only gets bigger and stronger and more resilient and more connected. Big heart and the connectedness. So I actually become more available to face what's in front of me rather than to push away what I don't want to experience. Every time the rug gets pulled out, same thing. <clears throat> so <clears throat> remarkably, I am in my clarity more profoundly at peace, uh, spacious, radiant, whatever. It's incredible. And it was so interesting to talk to some of my students who had private sessions with me since the retreat, to hear that even though they may have had a very difficult retreat, very challenging, that somehow or other on the other side of it, they feel incredibly better. Even one of them was quoting Jennifer Christian at the retreat who said, I loved what she said. Uh, I, hope, I don't know if you're here, Jennifer, I think you might be. Uh, this shit works. And I thought, oh, that's great. We really, we want to use that. <laughs> as a slogan somewhere where somebody won't be triggered. And you know, we don't know how, but we know it does. And somehow coming into this environment, as I have been for my lifetime since I was 16, and that first, the, the transformation happened for me at 16. I didn't know what had happened to me. It saved my life, honestly. That's really what it did. And it's guided me ever since, as it does now and you as well, that by being in this environment, this even online remarkably actually, there's something that connects our self to our deep self. We call it true nature, we call it the presence, we call it the Tao, there's a ton of names for it, right? You have your names or no name, doesn't matter. Emptiness, divine consciousness, <laughs> it's all the same thing doesn't matter what you call it, but when it's resonating in you, and you know, I know it's resonating in you because you wouldn't be here. And when it starts to resonate into consciousness, even slightest little glimpses, even the slightest little taste, somehow or other you're drawn to 
teachings and practices and teachers and so forth, because it's the natural calling of coming back home to our true self. So as hard as it is at times, even for me and everybody I know who's so-called enlightened, it's sometimes life kicks our ass beyond belief and challenges us in a way that we don't know how we can go on. Some of, you know, or we don't know how we're going to manage. We don't know how we're going to get through. And I've been in, I've been in front of that wall countless times in my life. And remarkably, because I have been fortunately blessed with awakening and consciousness as you have, I found my way through adversity as, uh, as we are now in my own family. And we're only getting closer and more connected because of it. That is the truth. So again, I welcome you here on every level of your being, your physical being, your mental realm, your emotional being, your energetic realm and your true self, which we are one as and in. So let's meditate for a little while. Let's sit quietly. And then we will um, continue with uh, dialogue and who knows, I might have something else to say. I usually do. <laughs> and I, and you know, it's when I was in the group two weeks ago and I, you didn't know what was going on, but I shared with you that this is always the best place for me at the most challenging times of my life. And I know that when I was a young monk and learning and training in the discipline of Zen and mindfulness and Vipassana and all of it for many, many, for decades actually, that I knew that it was saving my life to stop like we are here and to tune in and to not have any other distractions except this present moment so that I could listen in so you can listen in deeply to your body, to what your body's communicating with you, what it's reaching out and telling you right now, not intellectually. And rather than going down the rabbit hole of wanting the answers and trying to be smart, as someone was saying, who was it saw one, yeah, and the saw song, I think, at the retreat, he finally just gave up and said, I was just trying to be smart. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes being smart does solve the problems, but here it doesn't. No, here actually moving towards the vulnerability and insecurity of realizing you don't know what's next. You don't know what's going to happen. You are not in control of this life or anybody else's life. Even you're not even in control of your own feelings and your own thoughts, even your own reactivity. So instead of trying to constrain yourself into some ideal human, which is one of the greatest lies and untruths in spiritual history and religious history, it doesn't exist, it never did. And people shame themselves and beat themselves up and guilt trip themselves thinking they're not good enough. They're not enlightened enough, like saint so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, I just happen to know some of those saints. And let me tell you, 
They're just like you and me, no different. And the real ones will honestly tell you that, actually. So this isn't about being a perfect human being. This is about being available to your human being that is heartbroken, that is devastated, that is challenged, that is overwhelmed, that is joyful, happy, blissful, whatever. It's the full range that we are as humans. And what this is about here is to be the space to allow and cultivate the space of consciousness that allows you to be the unique, extraordinarily beautiful, miraculous, creative individual being that you are making whatever contribution you are in your life, in your relationships, in your work, in on this planet that you are doing. So I honor each and every one of you. And when we have our sittings and our gatherings, even though I may not talk with you and I may not get to know you in a certain personal way, I tune into every each and every one of you. And we are all one in this truly together. So as I said at the retreat, and I'll say it now that I don't really know how to teach anything really. Well, yeah, I do know how to teach a few things. But, um, but really, essentially, in the deepest way, I do not, of course, because I am as you as clueless as you are. And I'm also as awestruck as you are by this process, this miraculous process. So like you, I surrender and open and discover every moment. And so allow yourself to be here right now. Give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to be how you are and let go of or notice the resistance to how you are and bring attention to the reactivity that you may have in your system that that rejects who you are even or judges who you are or blames you for who you are or compares you to whatever that you're not that you think you're not so you can begin to become free of the false self the egoic false self that is not our true self that is just our relative survival self that is important to have and understand how to have compassion for forgiveness for patience for and love and understanding for Forget perfect, perfect human. That's ridiculous. Will you become more realized and happier in your life? Guaranteed. Not only do I know that, but I see this with so many people that I've been work that, that I have known for decades. I see this and it's constantly mind blowing what a miraculous existence this is. So let go of your beliefs. I was, my dear friend, 
for over 20 years, Ajashanti called me because he's a true friend. And through all this, we had a wonderful, wonderful visit the other day. And I said to him, I said, you know, beliefs are the cause of all suffering. And he said, right on. Absolutely 100% true. Beliefs are the cause of all suffering. So pay close attention to what you believe. And as my other friend from years ago used to say, Byron Katie, question it. Is it true? <laughs> it's not. It's just a belief that gets you to where you are. That's all. But don't have it be the prison of your eternal unhappiness, but rather the gateway to your freedom. As you know, I, I don't necessarily get to everybody who raises their hands, and um, it's not personal, but, it's, um, if, but if, you, if it triggers you or upsets you, I understand that, and uh, I'm okay if it makes you upset with me. But I think that <laughs> I would just invite you to tune into that and feel what's going on in there in terms of what you need and what you want so that your primary focus is how you take care of yourself, how you tend your garden, how you bring attention to what's happening. See, it isn't that you're paying attention. That's good. You know, mindfulness is great, but that's just, that's just the beginning of understanding. It's not even the beginning of understanding. It's barely the beginning of understanding. It's, and so bringing attention is one thing. But the quality of how you bring attention to yourself is probably even more important that you are bringing attention because often people bring attention to themselves and create more stress. This is, I hear this when people say that, you know, they try to meditate and it gets worse for them. And that's because they don't know how to pay attention. They're trying, they're, they're, they're trying to get something to happen. They're trying to get rid of something. And that's why the fundamental teaching and practice is surrender, <laughs> giving up, but not resigning yourself, not not being, um, yeah, not resign, not being re resigned, not not resignation. It's different. It's actually a hundred percent engagement, but zero interference. So I often say, bring your attention to what's present in your body, in your mind, in your heart, in the space, like fog enveloping a landscape. Everything gets covered, but there's no force. Everything gets wet. Everything gets soaked through and you don't even know it. Like walking in a fog, heavy fog, eventually you are soaking wet. 
and you didn't even know that was happening. And that's what being here is. Yeah. So let's start with Pierce. How, 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 go ahead. I'm very sorry to hear about your mother-in-law, John. Thank um, you so much. It really made me want to share this, actually. Um, two days ago, um, our family cat, Loki, got uh, hit by a car. Oh. And um, sadly, uh, dead now. Um, sorry. Which has just been very, very traumatic for our family. You know, we were very, very close to the cat, which is beautiful heart. And he had such an amazing presence. It was it was almost like you'd come into the room and it was like it was it would be like having another being there. And oh, it, sure. was, it, was, it was like having so much presence. It was it was in an unstable form. Almost. <laughs> but it, it was it was it was so beautiful to have the experience to be with him. Mm -hmm. I just I just so, so sincerely hope that he can be reborn in all of our hearts as as the expression we could see in him as part of all of our family. Well, I'm very sorry for your loss, but how beautiful that you were touched by his spirit, and I will continue to be, actually, for sure. Hmm. Just keep letting the structures in your body release as you bring attention to them, your jaw, your throat. So the energies can move through there that need to move through. Would you like to describe anything that you're aware of right now? Or you, you don't need to, it's okay if you don't want to. Just emptiness. <laughs> Good. Is your body also conscious? Or is it not, is it just the emptiness? I don't know. Okay, that's all right. So close your eyes or have them open however you want. And just have the idea of your body or an image, that's it. Feel your feet on the ground. Can you feel your feet on the ground? Good. Mm -hmm. Notice how your feet are as you give attention to them. Notice what happens as you give attention to them. Notice how the sensations or the perception shifts. That's it. Good. Do that through your whole body in whatever way you want to. You can go slowly, quickly, you can do global, you can do very specific, but do it slowly and gradually. This will automatically begin to integrate the awakening with your structure, your nervous system, your mind, and your body and your heart. You don't have to do anything. There's no specific practice. You're just simply bringing attention to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. That's what I'd recommend. And you can guide yourself internally in whatever way, either verbally or visually or kinesthetically, however works for you. Up, you can do it up your leg through your heart. You can, you can do it any way you want, but that's how to do it. Because as I often say, where you put attention, energy goes there. And because 
you've awakened deeply, profoundly. You're 18, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is what I did at your age, learned and practiced for a long time. Because you're young and you're maturing and evolving as a human being, as we all are. I am too, actually, even though I'm 68. Um, that this was very important so that you can, so that the integration of the awakening can truly be stabilized and grounded so it won't destabilize you. And then you can get back in the world, as we were talking about recently, and do whatever work or life you are meant to do. Okay. Thank you, John. You are so welcome. It's good to see you. Yeah, I'm glad you, you finally got out of your neck brace after breaking your neck. So. <laughs> and I'm really sorry about the loss of your cat. And thank you for your condolences. I appreciate them very much. Thank you, John. Yeah, take care. Okay. All right, let's come back and sit for a little while before I go to Yaeli. Okay, <clears throat> I'm going to meet with Yaley now. Hi, Yaley. Good to Sorry. see you. It's okay. You too. Thank you. It's been hard to find words recently. Mm -hmm. Take your time. You can fumble. Fumble a little bit. <laughs> yeah, mostly I feel uh, very chaotic. Mm. What is that? How is that? How do you experience that in terms of just your body or your mind or whatever? How? What is? The, say more about that. Um, if you can. It's hard to describe. I can only kind of try and compare it to to the past in a way. Okay. The way mm -hmm. I used to. Uh, way you, the way it used to be. Yeah, the way it used to be. So I know it's it's not the way it used to be. <laughs> right. So it's so it's disorienting. Yeah. Okay. So, I know that in the past I, I could somehow um, have a sense of myself and and feel this is the way things are right now. And now it's it's really hard to kind of just have a. It's really hard to describe it. <laughs> um, are, just are, are you are you struggling with it, or is it or are you is it being allowed? Or both. Uh, sometimes I struggle with it, and then every time I remember that it's 
just I have a sense that it's actually impossible to to actually find something to say to like everything I will say you will be not true in a way or just mm. the moment I say it, it will mm -hmm. um it's gone mm. you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay yeah. yeah that's an interesting stage that I'm familiar with um usually that gets that figures itself out over time that works itself out over time where you'll be able to speak and not have this kind of disconnect mm -hmm. that that somehow the way we've spoken in the past is still habitual and it doesn't resonate with what's happening now mm -hmm. so it's almost impossible to say anything i totally understand this and it's really difficult actually particularly particularly if other people don't understand you or you're trying to communicate to other people in your life your family your friends whoever you're with it can be challenging yes mm -hmm. <laughs> it is yeah yeah so this is and it and you you will find your way it's going to take time you will yeah and I just mostly feel very tired. Mm -hmm. Just really, really tired. Mm. Well, I feel um, you're expanding right now as you're sitting here. So let's tune in a little bit. You're expanding mm -hmm. so much. Now you're staying, you're living in a retreat center right now, right? I actually moved to, to a cabin, like my own place. So. Oh, good. I live and how, how is that working? Nice. So it's like your own little, her good. like your own little hermitage. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I have a, today I found a, a rat and a snake, so I'm not completely by oh my, myself. Oh my God. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I'm glad you found them. Uh, <laughs> I hope you got them somewhere else. <laughs> the snake is out. The yeah. rat is hanging around <laughs> okay well they're pretty clever um good luck with that thanks mm. they're probably drawn to your presence <laughs> <laughs> they want to be in the light <laughs> uh, okay well i'm so glad you could be here and i think yeah. you're just there's just so much deepening and kind of what I was working, I would say that the way I was working with Pierce before you and uh, it, I would would apply if that if you remember what I was guiding him with, that would be very, very helpful for you now, given how expanded you are and sort of in some ways destabilized because of that. This is a very natural adjustment period when people live in monasteries or they're living in an environment where they're they have people who understand this and can kind of coach them which is pretty rare today to have that that option even not necessarily moving to a monastery that's not rare but being able to have the right kind of support is very rare in my experience that um that will help you a lot so i would work with that and see that practice and see, because that's kind of what that's what you're wanting to support is this integration of just the awakened consciousness with your relative 
human person and and begin to let all the things start to reorganize and it takes a long time i mean i've it's for me it's been going on for 52 years and it's still integrating which is remarkable that that this is why when suzuki roshi said practice what, what this is what he meant when he said that practice begins with enlightenment that's when we begin to understand how to practice some people think enlightenment's the end of practice it's not it's not how it works at all it's the opposite practice is just a form until awakening is in the foreground okay and that's fine to do the form even if you have awakening unconscious or very much in the background it helps so i don't want to get into the details of that too much right now but this is so this is where for you now your practice is essential okay and i would say that you you don't have to worry about the spiritual that's obviously well underway now you've got to find out how to let it balance and integrate and this is the real journey of our life this is this is this is the journey of practice and you're and you will you are finding your way and you will continue to coming here is very very helpful if you can come to the satsang incredibly helpful because this field is very strengthening and it, it does create a kind of wisdom of clarity in terms of direction that's not cognitive or intellectual. And uh, at the same time, there's practical support given here that I think is very relevant to where you are right now. So let's tune in and see if this is, this is resonating for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it is. Good. Wow. Beautiful. So being awakened and enlightened is just, it's just the beginning. People think it's something they're trying to get to the end. It isn't, it's the beginning. And this is where you're gonna learn how to live in the world as a relative, just normal human being. Let's just say with a different, than, than a, with, a, with a perspective that is blessed with grace. Good. So I'm, I'm tuning in with you very deeply. I don't know if you can tell, but I would say this is, in fact, I would start with you at your head and work down. I worked with Pierce the other way, but for you, I would say there's a lot of energy in your head and I would just start to bring attention into the throat, into your chest, because I don't feel any there. Your heart area, your rib cage, your back, just go through your shoulders and just do a natural guided, very slow, gradual. And you'll notice that as you do that, energy and, and aliveness will begin to permeate your structure, your muscles, your tissues, your organs, your bones, everything. And if you need a practice with this that helps, it's the breathing, the natural breathing in the belly below the navel, also known as the hara and the tantian about three finger widths below your navel. Just natural breathing, no controlled breathing, just that's it. That's also where the third chakra is, <clears throat> and it's really the source of chi and energy in the physical body and the emotional body. That's good, that's excellent. Right, that's actually making a difference. Can you feel that? 
Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. The heart that made a big difference. Now, now I feel like you're you're more here, and not only are you more powerful, not egoically, but you're more stable and grounded right now than when we started. When we started, it was like Pierce, very diffuse, very spacious, but no grounding. You're not doing it, just bring attention to the energy and all of that knows how to do it. But we our part, but our place in this, how we are actually playing a role in it is actually giving attention that we do that we are in a sense, quote unquote, doing not really doing, but we're, we're participating in the process. This is really how it works. This is the re, this is the essence of practice right now, what you and I are engaged in, for those who are really deeply tuning into this. That's it. <laughs> Nice. So I'm with you. And it's just I'm just I'm seeing and I'm seeing and sensing profoundly how your whole nervous system is becoming filled with light and consciousness. Excellent. And my guess is that the other things that are off right now, the, the chaos, the inability to communicate and all that, that's all going to start finding its way. It did for me, I know I went through this a lot. I was 100% misunderstood, no, and it was very frustrating for a long time. Good, okay. Does that help? Is that helpful for you? Does that feel helpful? Yeah, yeah, there's a difference in the physical feeling, for sure. Good. Yeah, take your time. Be very gentle with yourself, which it feels like you are. Very kind, very, you know, very loving and sensitive. And, uh, and keep in touch, because I want to know how you're doing. Okay. Thank you, John. You're so welcome. Good to see you. Me Take too. care. Okay. All right, let's come back to the whole group now. So bring yourself back now. This is some very, very deep teaching happening today. I'm glad that it is because it's for those who are ready for this, this is important to really have the guidance for. So, and thank you all for listening, even if it isn't resonating with you, that's doesn't matter really, you can, you will still benefit being here. Because however it is for you right now, you have the opportunity to give yourself the attention that you need to find your way. The way will reveal itself to you. Step by step, always unknown. 
Okay. Charlie, how, how, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Um, again, I'm sorry to hear about your loss. That really Thank sucks. You. Thank you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it really does. Thank you so much. I appreciate that very yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't really think I would be, you know, this nervous coming up here, but that's okay. You know, there's just so much energy yeah. that you may or may not be aware of that it's very normal initially to to have that. So give it give it some time. It's just it's just nervous. That's all. Yeah. We're just hanging know. out. We're just hanging out, having a chat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know you if can, you remember you can, me. You can. I I, I, I met you like. I, I had a one-on-one uh, -on -one thing with you uh, back in May, so it was pretty. It was a long time ago, so. Yeah, I, mean, I I I work with a lot of people, so I'm sorry. I don't. I, I remembered yeah. the name, but I didn't remember working. I don't know. If you started yeah. talking about yourself, I'd probably remember stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, no worries though. Um, so what I kind of wanted to talk about was um, kind of the idea of presence, I guess. Um, okay. I've had a lot of a lot of beliefs about it this mm -hmm. past summer which has kind of gotten in the way a lot um <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm so glad yeah. you're brave this is one of my favorite this is one of my favorite things to talk about good yeah because my uh my mind um kind of wants to get in the way and like has an idea of how i should be to achieve that presence i guess or like to you know have that feeling come back because for me i guess presence is i mean i'm, I'm hoping this is the same feeling it's just like I know a really relaxed bliss or like, you know, a big relief comes over me and it's kind of just like, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm already getting, yeah. Even as you said that I was tuning in in some part. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know if I had acknowledged it when we met before, but it's very obvious to me that, that what happened is not, is, is authentic, but this mm -hmm. is, but this is great. You're bringing this up, Charlie, because this is the issue that everybody has as they begin to access presence, awakening, so forth, that it's, it causes this sort of um, challenge that you're describing. Mm -hmm. And you're describing it really nicely and, and in a way that's very accessible, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So I will happily help you, let's just say, develop a perspective of what's happening that is not in your way. That is not not in the way of what is actually happening here. Thank you. Oh yeah, no, it's this is this helps everybody. Honestly, this conversation I think helps vast majority of people here. Mm -hmm. so, so I thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, would it be okay if I like, um, I guess, express some of those beliefs about it that I have? Oh just yes, no, I. Yeah, I love get this is, to me. This is like entertainment. Can I get my popcorn? <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, honestly, it's entertaining. No, because this is when I said earlier when I was talking about my conversation with Adya, and I said to him, you know, belief is the source of all suffering. He goes, exactly right on, hundred percent true. Mm -hmm. And so, whatever you believe about it is not true. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So all beliefs are not it. Yeah. This is why in Zen, one of the koans is, you know, or the Zen stories is about the, the finger pointing at the moon. If you've ever read Zen stuff, it is not the moon, mm -hmm. you know? And so that you can't, and this is also why they say in Zen, those that know don't say, those that say don't know. Mm -hmm. Or I think in the Bible for those 
that no, no explanation is necessary. For those that don't know, no explanation is possible. Now, the problem is that the relative mind, which is the egoic survival function, wants to understand everything and feel secure. And so as you begin this transition from sort of just relative Charlie to sort of Charlie in the process of transforming, it's like, am I, am, am I deluded? Is it supposed to be this way? I read all this stuff. I heard all this stuff. You know, there's a lot out there that will easily not only confuse you, but get you on the right, get, get you, you know, in, in trouble, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. No, I know. No, no, I know. I've been, I've been, I've been on the, I've been in the front of, you know, I've been doing triage in the front of spirituality for decades. And, mm -hmm. it, and absolutely, it's like I've been a, you know, a medic and uh, helping people recover from their wounds. And yeah. uh, no, no kidding. So it's, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, sure. Let's, let's, uh, wh which one is the one that's most challenging for you? If you can think of one that's really you're most struggling with what, yeah, that one, the one that made you take a breath. What's that one? Um, <laughs> uh, the, the idea that it's, you know, it's somewhere in like the future or like, you know, it's in the next moment or like that, like, you know, I need to get it or something. Cause then it's like, it's like when it happens, it, it, like the last time it happened, it happened for like a day or whatever. And mm. then it went away and then I went back to seeking or chasing. And so like, yeah, if I'm this is not very, that, then it's like, I'm back to, yeah, this is, this is very natural and normal. Mm -hmm. completely this is this is very much a part of the process that's why a good practice is helpful because then you keep not giving attention to the beliefs but rather what's happening in sort of present time in your body your mind your heart your energy and then presence starts to emerge mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah so the future in reality doesn't exist Sorry, um, <laughs> it's a concept. They've even proven that, no, they prove that, well, they prove that time doesn't exist. They've even proven it scientifically that it doesn't, that's a construct of the mind. And the future is a construct of the mind. Now it is practical to have that projection of mind in order to plan for whatever you need to, you know, your whatever you need to take care of in your life, that's fine. But but all of the planning and all of what we call the future is right here. So even seeking is the is right now. So it's so I want to I want to let you know something. It's very important. Because I'm sure you've read a lot about this. It's very important to give your give yourself permission to seek as much as you need to and want to. And to be frustrated that you lose it when you do. And to want to hold on to it when you when it's here. Those are all very normal processes. I went through that for a very, very long time. Until it, let's just say, went through various integrations where that was very different after that. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. So this is where patience and forgiveness and compassion and empathy towards yourself is really important. And having a perspective of realizing you're not making this happen mm -hmm. so that when you notice the seeking of your heart or your mind or whatever you go oh yeah that's just me wanting it that's okay 
Or maybe some part, well, John says it was okay, but maybe in your heart, you're going, it's not okay. I want it now. I want to get it. You know, mm -hmm. so you fight harder <laughs> and you try harder. <laughs> so yeah, you're going to be forced, like I have been and everyone else has been, you're going to be forced to let the truth in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it won't be what you believe. Mm -hmm. It won't be what you know. See, in that, even as I'm saying that, I'm feeling some insecurity, some vulnerability under the surface somewhere in the field right now. Yeah, it's and, just kind of frustrating that there's not like a, like a, a one, one path meets all kind of criteria or like, you know, like there's one method. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, everybody wants that. And people do really well who sell systems of methods and steps and all that stuff, all which is, you know, it, it certainly feeds the relative mind and the relative ego's need for a sense of security. Mm -hmm. And that's okay to do that up to a point. But when you get to a certain stage, which you are at, even though, can we ask how old you are? 20. Okay, so you're 20. Great. So um, th this is, you're going to learn, you're going to, you're going to learn how this works, not by believing what you've read, but you're going to see that, that you want to have it be simple. Mm -hmm. And, and what, and when it isn't, or you don't have control of it, what do you experience? Frustration. Mm -hmm. So what I'm here to say is be with the frustration, not the thought about it, not the stories about it, not the ideas about it, not the beliefs about it. That's all surface. That is a defense mechanism that keeps you from moving towards the pain, the discomfort, the physical kinesthetic discomfort of the frustration. That's what you want to give attention to in your meditation. Mm -hmm. Is that hard? Yeah. <laughs> because our automatic instinctual response is to move away from suffering, to move away from pain. Mm -hmm. That's why you want an instant fix. That's why people say, oh, you know what? I'll just shoot some more heroin and then I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So people mainline presence. They mainline, they shoot up presence. They go to another satsang and they get another you know, armful of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know people who've done that for 30 years. And then eventually the proverbial shit hit the fan in their life. And they go, what was I doing, John? I go, well, you were finding your way and now you're here. And now you get to be with what you've been avoiding finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's, that's, like... that's the ultimate teaching, Charlie. Turn towards what's difficult. Don't think mm -hmm. about it. Don't try to fix it. Don't figure it out. Don't try to get rid of it. Don't enlighten it for God's sakes, but just turn towards it and give it your attention. Mm -hmm. And the attention you give to it ultimately is 100% unconditionally accepting, loving, and free of any projection or idea about it. That's how freedom will, will evolve in you without question. Mm -hmm. It already is as I'm saying it to you. So let's sit together. Why don't you eyes closed or open, whatever you prefer, really, whatever's not in your way. And I would say to begin with, you might want to give yourself some instructions to relax. You just let yourself be at ease right now, if you can, whatever, that's better. There you go. Now there's a softening happening. Yeah, yeah, what you're doing is you're letting go of trying. 
That's oh good. See, now, as you let go of trying, what happens? You start to become more present. That's right. You start to feel, you may even start to sense the connection, the deeper presence. You may not. It's okay if you're not. But I can tell that it's starting to come. And your nervous system, like all of our nervous systems, have conditioning of protection in them. And so practice is really bringing attention to those what we often call blockages, but that sounds very pejorative. So I like to call them just where energy is not moving or where there's a, where there's sensation, where there's pain, frustration, whatever it is, because that's our body, that's the intelligence of our humanity giving us instruction on where to put attention. It's not telling us to fix it. It's just saying, can you please be here with me if you want to make it that way, say it that way. You understand? Mm-hmm. So when people say, well, I don't know what to pay attention to, that's how you, that's what my, this is how mindfulness practice really works. It's the beginning practice of meditation training in the Buddhist tradition, mindfulness, the beginning practice. It's, it's meditation 101. So this is, this is really important to begin. That's right. Good. Oh, good. See, the way you're paying attention is working right now. And the way, what I mean is that the way you're giving attention right now is allowing awareness to grow in you. Now, you might sense it as more sensation, more feeling, more discomfort. It could be like that. Just don't, don't get caught in thoughts about it or beliefs about it. There, are you even opening more. Can you, are you feeling a little more of the presence now by any chance? Um, a little you bit. Might, I feel yeah. more relaxed for sure. Good, good. So feel, just feel, there you go. Relaxation is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm 100% with you on that. Right on. Oh, yeah, no, the way is effortless. We fight and kick and scream. That's the problem. The way is totally effortless. It's it's completely, completely non-doing. 100% no doing. There it is. <laughs> Some party is happy to hear that, I can tell you that. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it anymore, Charlie. You're not making this happen. Good. Wow. So right now, the way I'm perceiving is that I would say the transmission is happening with you very deeply. So, you know, come to Satsang. This is a great place to be. I I mean, I love it here and I can see it's totally working for you. Mm -hmm. Give it a chance, give it a see, give it some time and see how it is and we'll, and we'll, we'll touch base again. Was that helpful? Yeah, that was very helpful. I appreciate Excellent. it. Excellent. Oh, very much. Well, I appreciate your question very much. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank Take you. good care. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Okay. Let's come back to the whole group and I'll go, I'll call on Beth next. Notice the quality of how you bring yourself back to this present moment when you find you've been wandering or distracted or daydreaming or whatever. Notice the quality of how you return. That's very important to begin to give that attention. So you begin to come back with a gentleness, 
an ease, a sensitivity, and a loving kindness towards whatever's present. And pay particular attention to how your attention does or doesn't impact your experience. And if it causes more stress, then pull back and ease up or shift your attention to your breathing or something. So you, so you keep retraining yourself to get out of the driver's seat of making something happen, of controlling the outcome of your experience. Rather, finding and allowing yourself to open into an ease of being, a welcoming, and an opening into the openness of being. Okay, Beth. Mm. Nice to see you. Thank you, John. Um, since I've known you, you've always shared your pain and, and, um, You, how long have we how long have we known each other now? Twenty some years? Since nineteen ninety nine, ninety-eight. Oh, okay. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, twenty-three years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when Mark first dragged you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, that's probably when we started at the Quaker Center, right? Actually, the first one I went to was before. Was it the one in the Hate? Oh, the Sacred Space at the Hate. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that was something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then shortly after that, it, we, we moved to. to the we were Quaker able to Center. get to the Quaker. I know the Quaker Center. It's great. Yeah. Great energy there, even though the neighborhood was quite sketchy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right so so um yeah today is the one year anniversary of my dad's death and um it just felt really appropriate to be here mm. um mm -hmm. you know you I've watched you deal with losses in your life 
your parents, etc. And um, it's really helped. It's really helped. Thank you for saying that. We're all going through the same life, you know. There's different versions of it, of course, but it's basically the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it really makes a difference when we can not only express the depth of our despair, the pain, the overwhelm, but also to be heard profoundly and unconditional loving acceptance that is transformative and healing and liberating. Mm -hmm. um, so for the past several months, uh, when I sit, mm -hmm. when I tune in um i have real tightness in my mm -hmm. throat in my mm -hmm. neck and mm -hmm. back back here mm. and also mm. in here i'm really glad you're mentioning this because i was really tuning into this in the group i was sensing and i realized i need to talk about this more i've been starting to talk about it and this is where my background as an alexander teacher for decades is really essential and important because, you know, this area, for those of you who are curious to follow this, and I would encourage you to do this now, you take your forefinger and you rub it down the center of the back of your head down and you find the bony protuberance mm -hmm. of your occipital ridge, that big bony protuberance. And right below it, directly below it, where there's soft tissue, if you think inside your head, that's where your cranium actually is designed to be balanced on the top cervical vertebrae, which is your atlas. So it's way up here. It's not, you know, your head isn't balanced here. It's way up here. Now that point is where, when we're frightened, when we're threatened, even subtly, the head will, will, will instinctually pull back and down and compress. What that is, it's a, it's, it's a natural reflex called the startle pattern, the fight or flight response, which is instinctual. Basically, when you're having to survive, whatever it is that may be threatening, we go into survival mode where we basically compress and are, you know what I mean? And so the problem is for most people, especially when they start practicing, and getting open energetically is that they begin to realize that this is there all the time, that they've somehow got into a lock of this. And that's, this, this is why when I met Jean Klein, you know, who was my first mm -hmm. realized spiritual teacher that was free, truly free. The first one that I finally met when I was, whenever that was, when he found out I was an Alexander teacher, he was thrilled because he knew Alexander. He had read all of his books and he realized that he truly got it, that he got what light, what awakening was. And he somehow figured out how to bring it into the physical body in his work. 
And the people like Marjorie Barstow, who I studied with, who actually was the first person he certified in 1932, when she put when she was 90, she could put she was working on a group of 70 people all day long standing 90 remembered everybody's name and who she had worked with. And she would say at 90, I'm always becoming, I'm always learning new things and becoming more sensitive. And I thought when I'm 90, because I was in my 20s then, I thought when I'm 90, I want to be able to say that. She would put her hands on you and your whole, not only would you get a full body transmission of kundalini energy through your whole body, but your whole structure would automatically change and she didn't do anything. And Alexander called it non-doing. He got it. He didn't know. She told me he knew he was tapping into something, but he didn't know what it was. It's this. He wasn't a religious spiritual person. He was a Shakespearean actor at the turn of the century in Tasmania, right? And he would lose his voice. He would lose his voice. He'd get up on stage. He started losing his voice. He did his, his livelihood was doing Shakespeare soliloquies. And he'd get up on stage and he, he couldn't talk. And so he went to doctors, got throat spray, all that didn't help, you know. And, and, but whenever he tried, it didn't work. So he thought, well, maybe there's something I'm doing in the mechanism, use of my system that is interfering with my ability to speak. So he got a three-way set of mirrors and he observed himself for nine years. Mm. And he obviously awakened. And then it, and he was cured. And people said, well, can you help me with this? Can you help? And then he, he started figuring out how to help people and it became the Alexander Technique. So point is that his discovery of this startle pattern was Nicholas Timbergen in 1972 got the Nobel Prize for Physiology and Medicine, and he, and, he, and he devoted his entire acceptance speech to discovery of Alexander. So this is important for us because we are all traumatized one way or another, and now more than ever. Yeah. So this is a point that I've been helping various people with in, in my work lately and finding this is really important. Let me just tell everybody, because I'm working with you, but I'm working with everybody here. This isn't something where you're going to try to find the right position. That's not it. No, it's a relationship of balance. So what you want to do is just bring attention to that point back there. And just put attention there like, I used to say, like a, like a cat sitting in front of a mouse hole. As long as the cat's sitting there, the mouse doesn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> You're not preventing anything, but you're giving attention to a habit that's unconsciously wants to kick into gear. Can you stop that from happening? No, it's reflex, it's instinct. But as you learn to develop awareness, which you certainly have for a long time, and you have a natural connection into presence, as we all here do, that then you bring attention to that and you just hang out there. Eventually, Things will start to open. Your throat chakra will open. Energy will go through the top. All that stuff will follow by itself. Right now, when I bring attention to it, it seems to get more intense. It will. So, yes, so, right. And so you want to be. My so, inclination is to is just what you're saying. Yeah. To try so to, so this is yeah. so what Feldenkrais. You know, Feldenkrais actually yeah. studied with Alexander before he became Moshe Feldenkrais famous. He yeah. studied with Alexander and he had lessons with him. And um, th there's a lot of history I know about that that's not important here, but he often, he taught people in his work to do micro adjustments 
So when you're sitting, you don't want to start to try to find the right position, but when you're sitting, you can do, you can experiment with very micro little pivots of the head back and forth. In fact, when you start sitting, I often do that just to make sure it's not locking up in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been working at this so long that it's very open and clear, but it wasn't for a long time. It was horrible for a long time, pain, neck pain, all of it. <clears throat> and I, and I just, I resigned myself to suffer, to just be in pain. And it eventually shifted. So this is something that this was, you know, this is the sort of the hard work of healing. Okay, so we'll work with this. I'm so glad you brought it up and we can, let's sit, we're, we're almost out of time. So why don't you and I sit for a minute or two and, um, uh, and, and everyone can work with this a little bit. Since I can't put my hands on everybody, yeah. I do it now energetically. Yeah, and I'm really aware of it. Yeah, there's a lot of, Oh boy. So this whole, and, and, you know, and it's affecting your sternocleidomastoids. It's affecting your whole shoulder girdle, your throat. This is a lot of people have these challenges, especially if you were not allowed to tell your, to speak your truth, which most yeah. people were not, or were slapped for it or told you're going to go to hell for it and burn in hell for eternity. If you, <laughs> yeah, you, you got, a, you got, a, I know you got a lot of that. <laughs> You, you're you're one of the lucky people that questioned the authority that you were brainwashed by. Yeah. It took a long time. Can I share not just a little bit with the, the group that, you know, when you were first coming to meditation, Rick, you, you were afraid you were going to burn in hell because you were meditating. You were terrified. I don't, re- you you say don't that, remember I that. I don't remember uh, that. I think Mark remembers. We'll ask him. Never mind. <laughs> You thought you were going to go to, you, you thought it was <laughs> sinful to be doing what we were doing. There's, yeah, there's some, yeah, yeah. Something. I was something, definitely afraid, yeah. You were afraid because you were truly opening and it scared you. Right. Yes. And you didn't right. know what it meant. So you, so right. you went to the old belief system and said, uh-oh, this is, ev- this is, you know, you, it became projected on as something wrong and you shouldn't be doing it. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I just, I got that feeling when you said that. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never forgot it. I may not remember the exact words, but it was yeah. basically, yeah. Okay. So let's sit together. Why don't you close your eyes? And, and your job is to do nothing. I don't want you to adjust anything right now. So just let it get more. What that means is that there's more consciousness going in, that you're becoming more aware of it. It isn't that it's getting worse. Often when we bring attention to restriction, it will feel worse because we didn't even know it was there. That's it. Good. Now there is already an opening starting to happen in your full field, which you may or may not be aware of. Yeah. I'm right in there with you. And just let your jaw relax, your TMJ, your temperament, just let that be soft. That's very, very important for meditators is to let the be aware in the jaw and not be holding tension there or to be aware of the tension and begin to let it soften. Good. Yeah, that's opening up your face more. Good, and I can feel that there's, Good. 
this is where stillness is important. Not heldness, stillness, because you want to have crystal clear attention like a like a like a pond that is completely still that's reflecting the images of nature around it. That's what you want to have that kind of stillness. That's it. Let your tongue relax, your throat. And then you might notice that point I was mentioning, just notice that there's pressure or tension there. Don't do anything about it. Now your head is moving. I don't know if that's just you breathing. It could be, it's hard to tell with the two dimensions. Good. Ah. Okay, I'm gonna let you continue with this. I'm gonna go back to the whole group. We only have a little bit of time left. Well, well people may be interested in this. We'll talk about it next time more, but that, but can you, is it helping? Yeah. Good, great. Okay, let's come back to the whole group. Thanks, Beth, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Just notice how you're doing right now. We covered a lot of, really a lot of material today, so. Let whatever's helpful for you just come to the foreground for you. And gently and easily simplify your attention to this present moment. That's it. And allow this natural deep presence of being to be in the foreground and to let everything else, body, mind, feeling, all that, let that be in the background. And give your attention and welcome the foreground. of this opening, expanding being. We'll sit now for till the end. Okay. Well, it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much for your attention and your inner work. Um, I look forward to seeing you next week at Satsang, and I hope you have a good week and take wonderful care of yourselves. Lots of love and happy trails. Thank you so much, and bye for now. <laughs>